guys, I hope y'all are having a great day. My name is Akshita Ramesh and I am the founder and executive director of Keep Girls Educated, an organization created to raise awareness for the lack of education girls receive worldwide and provide resources to young women on their journeys to success. Welcome to the KGE podcast. This podcast will be dedicated to talking about what this organization stands for, what other resources we will be providing, and why I started this organization in the first place. But first, we have a few special guests for this podcast launch. The Dear Asian Girl podcast team has kindly joined us today for an amazing interview, which is what our next segment will be about. Enjoy. Hi, guys. Um, My name is Akshita. I am the founder and executive director of Keep Girls Educated. I'm really happy to have you guys here. Um, Kind of introduce yourself. um, Tell me about yourself and the Dear Asian Girls podcast. Okay. Hi, I'm Genesis. I am one of the co-hosts for Dear Asian Girl, and I'm 17. I live in Chicago, Illinois, and basically Dear Asian Girl is a podcast dedicated to uplift and support Asian girls everywhere. We talk about problems that are really associated with Asian girls or just girls in general. It's like it's totally open to anyone who's willing to listen. For example, one of our recent episodes was about imposter syndrome and how we relate to to school and the workspace. And then we also talk about like Asian representation in media and the model minority myth and just so many other topics that are really related to us. And then we also just give like advice as well. Yeah, exactly. I'm Nana, rising freshman in Los Angeles. And yeah, I basically came to Dear Asian Girl and talked, my first episode was about uh, diversity in the media and literature. And we basically, throughout every episode, talk about our own experiences and how we basically navigated through being an Asian girl in America, in our society today, what experiences we can relate to, how we feel about certain topics, like Genesis said, imposter syndrome, things like that. And yeah, it's just a really great community that we build around each other. Okay, um, that's great. I enjoyed listening to you guys' podcast when it first came out, and I still listen to it um, every episode, so I really enjoy the work you guys are putting out and the passion that you guys put into each podcast, so um, I look forward to everyone, so that's great. Um, So let's get right to it with our questions. So basically for this podcast, I wanted to talk about the hardships girls experience, especially in an Asian household, to do kind of well in education and the path they feel pressured to follow. So have you guys ever experienced that in your own home? Like how did your parents uh, feel about your personal aspirations and how different were their aspirations to your own goals that you had for yourself? Personally, I've always been like a sort of mother's daughter, like father's daughter. Like when I was a kid, they always wanted me to read early on. And I did read early on because of that. And they really rubbed off on me because they're so passionate about my education and my future, specifically college. Like, you know, I'm a rising freshman now. So, of course, that whole college idea is starting to seep in and become like a really big portion of my life. So, yeah, I've definitely been affected by that. So I can't even really answer that and see if it's my own aspirations because I've been so affected by them. But I think someone, yeah, because the idea of college has been so idealized to me by, first of all, society, like the way America portrays it, like, you know, even movies, but also my parents, because it's sort of that thing that's supposed to make me above other people, like education is their way of making me, like, seem important and, like, be an important figure, a contributing factor to society. 
I think the American like education system in general in terms of college is like that's like the main goal that you want so you basically build your career up to that and so especially in Asian culture is very prevalent and since most of them are immigrants there's the American dream in which um, your kids should go to college like this is why you're living in America is to able to send them to a really really nice college so personally for me I've never had that experience my parents have always been very good about um, my personal aspirations in which I want as long as I had a set clear goal in mind and this plan and like what classes I took and I think I was just overall a very motivated person so it kind of drove me to take these specific classes that cater to what I want to do when I'm older so I never really had any complications with that but I've definitely seen tiger moms that are <laughs> really um, I guess like overbearing to their kids on like specifically what they want for them that their kid and it isn't anything bad like I, I know that they just want them to be secure when they're older and financially stable but there's also like a fine line between that like there should be set boundaries yeah my mom isn't like that it's more of like just always checking in to be like okay I want you to do better than I did when I was your age you know because she grew up in Singapore she didn't have much of an education specifically for like her duty towards her family because back then or like even now it's sort of a role for women and especially Asian culture to be the caretakers of the family so due to that she didn't have much of a time to like pursue her education or really be invested in it so now she's always telling me I want you to do different I want your life to be different than mine and that's just sort of like Genesis said a, like a reoccurring theme between a parents or like people who are who immigrated here yeah Right. So I definitely relate to everything you guys said. My parents weren't uh, too harsh on me. They definitely let me uh, follow the career pathway that I wanted to follow. I personally am very interested in business. Uh, that is something that I really want to pursue in the future. And they definitely supported that rather than making me change my mind to become like a doctor, or go into medicine, just so I can, uh, you know, make a lot of money when I get older, because that's something that they definitely look out for too. Uh, they want us to be financially stable. And they're like, this is a secure, for sure way that you can make a lot of money. So you should go this pathway. But um, yeah, I definitely agree with all of you guys, uh, what all of you guys said, um, especially about the tiger mom and the tiger parenting. That's a big thing that I see. And I'm really thankful that um, my parents aren't like that. So um, moving on, so AP sports and adjoining extracurriculars are also something that um, people are kind of either pushed into doing or pressured into uh, doing because either everyone else is uh, like stacking up on APs or extracurriculars and just to look good on college applications. So is there anything that comes to mind um, when thinking about this idea and anything you kind of uh, did just to put on a resume or um, anything you, anybody you saw who was really um, overworking themselves just so they could uh, look good in the future? What was uh, that situation like for all of you? I definitely think like I am a prime example of that um, in terms of like I'm a rising senior this year. I'm taking four APs. I'm in two leadership positions in my clubs. I run the podcast and I'm like in another position at Dear Asian Youth. So it's a lot and it's a little overbearing, but I think it's like society's expectations in which like I need to do all this stuff in order to go to a good college. And I've always had that. I'm not outside pressures. I've always had internalized pressures where I'm like, okay, if I don't do this, then someone else is going to like get my spot in this college. Like I need to do this. I need to do that. It's just like, yeah, in general, like I've had that, I guess, like mindset in my brain since like 
freshman year where I was like, okay, this is, I need this plan. I need to do this position. I need to get this position in order for me to do well and rise above my peers. Cause overall I'm just a very competitive person. So I guess like, yeah. Yeah. No, like when I was a kid, it was all outside pressures. Like my parents would make me go to piano, which I like only somewhat enjoyed or like, you know, they tried violin, which was a wreck or like they, they made me go to fencing, which I'm actually really interested in now. And it's sort of becoming a passion that I hope to like grow. But now like for freshman year, I sort of like put that on myself now. It's sort of now, and like Janice has said, an inside influence in me where I'm like, okay, Asian girl or like other things that I'm doing like I'm tutoring for community service or like you know asking teachers on my school to like you know get into these higher classes and things like that so it's definitely I think as you grow becomes more of an inside thing than your parents making you sort of want to do these things and your parents being the thing that like instills this like motivation in you like now as I grow as an Asian girl especially and like realizing this how society and college and the education system works I realize that I'm the person that has to put my maximum effort into like look really special to college apps and people basically reading my applications like halfway across the world and things like that. Mm-hmm. I think there's um I one thing that really kind of pisses me off, like I'm going to go on a little rant here, is like <laughs> people do go, like people do get those leadership positions, but they like just do it for the resume, not because they love it. And I think that's like what's been happening more prevalent in our high school careers and everything, because that's what they expect of you all of a sudden. Like colleges want you to be a super well-rounded student. They want you to be in a sport. They want you to be in work. They want you to have leadership positions. So everyone's just trying to like pick the nearest one. So it's a big competitive like space. And I think that's like something that needs to change because people are not doing it because they love it. They're doing it because they just need to get this done or get it out of the way. And that's what's not gonna be beneficial for the clubs because like we don't want a leader that's just doing it for their own personal benefit. We want a leader that basically wants it to do for the whole community. And I think that's something like, I think nowadays like people struggle with and determining like what's a fine line. And then personally for me, like I've had those experiences where I'm like, I have this little like imposter syndrome or like this thought in my brain. I'm like, am I doing this because I love it? Or am I doing it because I want to be better than everyone else? Like there's um, either that or like, I feel like my accomplishments like just aren't good enough. Mm-hmm. So I just having that frame of mind and just like checking on yourself to see like, what am I doing this for is really crucial nowadays, yeah. Yeah, right. two things that you said that really stuck out to me first. I think it's just really detrimental to the people who like take on roles that don't even like mean anything to them because one, it'll probably look like, you know, not real or authentic on your applications. That's just not good in general for your whole image or applying. And then two, the imposter syndrome thing, I think it's a huge thing in Asian culture because of how many pressures we get from our parents. So like, oh, you have to be better, strive for like, you know, better grades and things like that. So it feels like whatever work that we do is never going to be enough. We, we always have to like raise the bar and like feel like we have to go above and beyond. So I think we're just ingrained into that mindset that like is also affecting, affected by imposter syndrome that like there's so much more that we can improve on and like we're never really going to reach our optimum goal and it's just really detrimental again because it's just a lot of pressure in general. Um, People are like doing stuff just to put on their resume that all can also affect like their mental health that's why everybody in like school high school especially their mental health is really affected by all the classes that they're taking and their unrealistic like goals and expectations because they think that what they're doing is not enough. And that can really hurt someone uh, as a person, 
and in their future. And with the imposter syndrome, uh, speaking of like imposter syndrome, I feel like the imposter syndrome uh, comes from comparisons that we get uh, when to other people, especially in my personal experience in academia, because people say that uh, there will always be someone doing something better than you. And parents uh, bring that up as a source of motivation. They truly uh, want that to just be a motivation um, tactic for you to do better, but it ends up just a kind of uh, for me, it kind of brings me down rather than motivates me. It's like, oh, I didn't do as well as them. So how do you see these comparisons that are brought up, whether it's by other peers or by your parents? And uh, like, what are your thoughts on these? Um, where do you think they're coming from? Partially, I'm kind of, mm, that's hard. I feel like somewhat it's positive for me because I can't get a bit sidetracked and like maybe like not work as well or like, you know, maintain my focus as well as it could be. So there is a limit to like how much you're going to compare your child to other people. I don't like it when like my mom does it to like, I don't know, me being lazy, which is a problem. But like in terms of academics, I think it is good to an extent for like academia, just making sure that you're motivated because your parents, like Genesis said, do want the best for you. So yeah, I think it's okay, but like not, not when it's like damaging their self-worth or like damaging how like good they feel about themselves, like how worthy they feel, especially with, when they're doing all, when they're like juggling all these extracurriculars, you don't want to like erase all that effort that they're putting in already. Oh my gosh. I, going back to what you said about, um, oh, what did you say? I completely forgot the statement. <laughs> I was talking about um, what constant comparisons, imposter syndrome, um, mental health. You um, said some, like you had like a specific statement. Oh my gosh, because my mom literally said that to me. Like, oh, oh, um, people will, someone will always be doing something better. Oh my gosh, yes. Oh, someone will always be doing something better. And like, as you mentioned, that's something that um, people like peers would say something to motivate me or my family would say but also just like put me down because I was like oh my goodness what am I doing I'm not doing enough I need to do this 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 is especially in academics I've never been top notch the only thing that I've been really really good at is English so everything else like I struggled my way in and so just, bad at math oh my god it's a problem <laughs> yeah I like delivered my way I like finesse through everything like I just like so just like having those expectations put upon you in terms of comparison is not the best way to go about it it depends on I think it depends on each specific person because I know some people are more motivatedly motivated motivated inclined oh my god I can't speak today <laughs> motivated when they do get those comparisons because they see because I don't know how like truly just depends on the person but as I mentioned like before I've I feel like I compare myself in a negative way instead of comparing myself in a positive way because like I can say like oh this person's doing that but I'm also doing this 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 but I just don't see that like everything just kind of blocks like a blurry vision that I can't <laughs> see like what I accomplished and that goes to show like how bad my imposter syndrome I guess is and it's something I definitely want to work on mm -hmm. so uh, I think comparisons is I think it caters to a different person it truly just depends yeah. yeah yeah speaking on like imposter syndrome personally what I do is like I'll always subdue like my accomplishments like whenever yeah. I'm like thinking about myself or like whatever I've done like you know I tutor like multiple hours like I've like written articles for this magazine right I'll just like 
forget like everything I've done. I'll be like, oh no, this is like petty work. You could have like done this easily, but you spent so much time on it. You didn't like do anything substantial. And I'll sort of like belittle myself to that. And like, that's something I really need to work on just ma- maintaining my worth and realizing that yes, this was important to you. You put effort into this because you care about things like this. And yeah, I think it's something that I could focus on maybe other people need to work on that because it's definitely a common thing just belittling our worth and value mm-hmm. okay yeah I definitely agree um that's something I do all the time I'm like oh I did this but they did that and I could have done that or they took up this opportunity and I didn't because I was too late or I was too this was not for me and I'm like what I did or what everyone does for themselves, they have to definitely take into account that they're doing the best they can. And that's truly what matters rather than trying to uh, live up to someone else's expectations or even your own expectations can be too um, unrealistic sometimes. And uh, that's okay. You kind of just have to plan out um, who like kind of just take some time rather than planning out, take some time to yourself, think about what you truly want to do, what you enjoy, what you can handle. And I feel like that's where um, that will finally go away. Yeah. So, oh yeah, go. Oh no. (laughs) Something that my friend told me actually, or um, that I, I think I kind of learned from and like how I'm trying to like overcome my imposter syndrome is that, you know, I see like most of my peers and my classmates that are doing like all these like really, really amazing opportunities. And I was like comparing myself, but then I realized, oh, they're going to a specific different career that has them cater to these specific opportunities in which I can't get. And that's why I'm like going in this route and they're going a different route. It's truly, everything's not like this one shot way, one linear way in order for you to do stuff. Right. It truly depends on what career you want, what, um, what sparks and interests you. And even if like you're not given all those opportunities, just finding ways to like specifically find your niche in that specific career field will be really really beneficial and that what's helped me with my imposter syndrome because like for example this one girl super super smart but she's going into like pre-med like I can't do those opportunities why am I comparing myself when I'm going into like the entertainment industry like there's no there's no way that I can't like do those opportunities Mm -hmm. so I think that's like what's something some people need to realize is like that person is doing that because they need to gear to door to their specific career and not your career so yeah that's a big thing but also like the first step is like finding out what you want to hone in on like that's specifically what I'm struggling with because yes I'm only a freshman but like there's like a whole wide like range of options to me. Like I have no clue where I want to actually like, you know, figure out and like hone in on. So I think that's like something that can be overwhelming to people and hard to figure out. And then sort of once you go down a path, there's like no going back because you've already put so much effort into it that you like, there's no point of return, which is kind of daunting to me. And it's definitely a struggle that I'm going to be dealing with for a, a while. And yeah, I think it's also something people can relate to. Right. And um, now uh, focusing more on girls in education. Um, Every day when girls go to school, they deal with subtle discrimination. Like when like, okay, let's say you have to go and get textbooks from like the front office or the counselor's office. They'll be like, can I have a strong boy to come help me? And it's like, is there anything that you have faced um, specifically or know um, someone else who has faced uh, this on a when going to school on basically a daily basis and I know that's like we're all virtual now which is a whole different um like situation and I don't even know how that's going to work but in the past what have you experienced where it's just like subtle discrimination that people expect but to the point where it's like normalized now 
you can see the male superiority complex in the classroom, mm -hmm. especially when a girl does better on a test score and they reveal it to the public. Mm -hmm. I think it's something that's like, oh, no, I, it's, it's nothing. Like, yeah. I, it probably was just luck or something. Literally, some, some dude has said that to me. Like, I literally got a 98 on the test, and this guy's like, ah, it could have just been luck. I'm like, no, I studied, right. and you were just dozing off in the classroom, not doing anything, and you got a 68. So let me know. <laughs> let me know. I don't know. You yeah. could just happily, yeah. For me, it's like, like the male dominance, like whenever you're participating, like my teachers can be a contributor to that because they're like, I don't know, call them more, like be, like personally, I haven't experienced too much like that. Mm -hmm. I think whenever, like in the education system, it's more of like the color of my skin, like being Asian, that's what affects me more than like my gender. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's not something people can relate to, but personally, that's what it's like for me. Mm -hmm. But for be, as for being a girl, I think it's like, we're like Genesis sort of implied, we're not like thought to do as well, like we're thought to be less than, and like that's definitely something that can affect our mental health or like contribute to imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm, right, especially being an Indian girl in a classroom, everybody expects me to be like a genius at math. Yes, and or like spelling. What? Oh, I'm like, so it, <laughs> <laughs> all right, they're like, and it's like they're expecting me to get hundreds and nineties and above. And I'm taking, I'm going to take calculus next year. And I'm like, yeah. oh my God, like pre-cal pre -cal was already like a struggle for me. And calculus, like, I don't even know, but it's just that everybody is like, oh, I'm taking calculus. I'm taking calculus. And especially when I was in pre-cal, I was not used to like having like all these people kind of like looking at me like, oh, you didn't get an A on this test. Hmm. Like they'd be like, oh, it's okay, you do better next time. But it wasn't like in a sympathetic so way. It was, kind of, it was kind of condescending and it makes you feel bad about yourself rather than just, it's like, and they'll ask you, there's a big thing in our school where they ask you, oh, what grade did you get? Oh, what grade did you get? Oh, what grade did you get? And I have like, I have this friend and she never says, tells her grade to anyone. And it makes her happier. Even if she did get a good grade, it makes her happier. And nobody else is affected by it because it's that, that mindset of everybody everybody being like, oh, I got a 98, what did you get? And then you don't want to say what you got if you got a lower score, or if you got a higher score, it seems like you're showing off. That whole um, kind of mindset of people being like, oh yeah, we all need to tell our grades right now so we can see what this test was, how this test was going to be. Like, it's kind of, it does get on my nerves when people do that. It's like, come on, everybody keep to yourself. If someone doesn't feel comfortable sharing, I completely understand that, but you, Personally, if you got a good grade, I understand you're excited, but you don't have to vocalize it to someone who you know didn't do as well as you. It kind of makes them feel bad. It doesn't make them feel motivated as much. And you end up seeing, seeming like a bad person, even though you're just a bit excited about what you got. So that whole situation yeah. is also... Like, yeah, like specifically for girls, I feel like if a girl, like in Genesis scenario, if a girl were to like get a high grade and like talk about it like for a bit, it would mm -hmm. seem like they're gloating, but for a guy it would be like a victory. Like there's always this right. like, sort of like bossiness like centered around girls and like if we're ever to like you know talk about our own accomplishments, it's not like a victory. It's always being bossy and like sort of like rude or like you know putting it onto other people. And I think we need to change that because there's just just whole mindset that like as I said earlier, girls are inferior, can't really amount to anything, mm -hmm. and it's definitely something that needs to be changed. Yeah, completely agree. So um, another question that I have is how often um, do y'all kind of take a break from working, whether it's schoolwork or extracurriculars? Because I know that I can get lost in time when working on something, 
and it ends up really being me spending hours and tiring out my mind or body from like one activity and I forget like to give myself a break whether it's because I feel like I'm not working enough and don't deserve a break yet or because I simply lost track of time trying to study for something that probably won't affect me in like 10 or 15 years so um, kind of when do you what do you uh, think about like your work schedule and how you take breaks and um, how you kind of deal with not being able to overwork yourself and making sure that you are in a right mind to keep studying and keep getting good grades or keep studying and keep doing the best you can. So I'm really inconsistent whenever I'm doing my work like if it's something that I'm sort of like really like really intent on like getting a good grade on like yes I will lose track of time like you said and really hone, like focus on that and like I will it'll like be futile because sort of it's not going to matter in, like you know 10 to 15 years as you said so it's really worthless and then for other like you know things that like are sort of come easier to me I won't spend as much time on and then those things will sort of like deteriorate which is like counterintuitive but like that's what will happen to me so I think like time management like you know allocating my effort well is like something I need to work on a lot and like I'm definitely not in the best mindset like have the best strategies in terms of working so I don't know if you can relate to that but that's me I have well as of right now summer is pretty flexible so mm -hmm. I'm able to like do more things in terms of like um taking a break and stuff and I'm able to do that um some methods that I use especially during the school year is there's this I forgot what it's called but it's basically like you do four little sections and it's 25 minutes on five minutes off and I just do that like I knew you were gonna say that like right as you start talking yeah yeah no that is like I tell, I swear that will change your life. Like that is the best I've gotten. I swear like the best grade I've gotten because of that method, because like you need like, like those five little minute breaks to like really just like process everything, get a drink of water, go to the bathroom. And I think those five minutes are crucial because then I'm able to retain more information and I'm able to like remember it the next day. Um, my breaks are typically when I do eat, so then if I'm eating, then I'm going to be watching like a TikTok or something or watching like yes. oh my gosh. and then I'm just going to go straight back to my work. I think it's really good to find that healthy balance and it's totally relative to each and specific person. Like that's just my methods and how I work. So I'm not like take everything that I say with a grain of salt, mm -hmm. but I think it's totally dependent on how you feel and what you're doing. And some days like you're not going to be at your 100% and like you totally shouldn't put yourself down because of that. Mm -hmm. Like everyone's going to have those days. I have multiple days. <laughs> that, I don't know. But <laughs> there's some yeah. days where I just like lay down in my bed. And I'm just like, no, I'm not going to do this. No. Yeah. <laughs> Some days you wake up with like a rush of adrenaline. You're like, I'm going to do this, 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 and this. And yeah. then by like the afternoon, you're just like, do I really Drained, do yeah. That? You know, so, yeah. Mm -hmm. And, um, uh, Nana, did you have any, um, other, something oh, else? No. <laughs> okay, okay. Okay, so, um, what are some, uh, or first, do you struggle with procrastination? I wanted to ask both of you this, this because I, uh, definitely, struggle with procrastination i am i don't know why it's just i wait until the last minute i know i have that deadline i'm like if she's a start working now you won't stress and then like five days passed and i'm stressing 
So like, if you do have uh, like procrastination issues, like how do you cope with that? Uh, since I struggle with it and found that it's something that you truly cannot change it overnight. You definitely have to take baby Personally, I think the hardest part is like actually starting your work and like being like creating this mindset in your head. Okay, I'm about to go into like work mode. I'm gonna like try to stay as focused and like on task as I can. And like sort of once you like start with that mindset, like you can seep into it, like sort of like, you know, get into the flow, of, like being productive. So I think that's something that could like help you, but it's not like gonna be consistent or easy, like you said, overnight. And yeah, I think just like I'm I'm not gonna use like the 25 five minute break thing because usually I will get like so overwhelmed by like this large chunk of time I have that I'll be like, oh, well, okay, I can like kind of slack off for a bit. And then it's like three hours later, I'm like, okay, I got to get this done. Yeah. So I think just like time management too is a big component. Mm-hmm. Different yeah. work for different people. So yeah, as I said, like my method was like, take it by a grain of salt. Yeah. Like it totally is dependent towards each and every individual because mm-hmm. Some people, like, are good at, like, studying, like, all night, just straight up, and, like, they yeah. get everything great. So, like, it's totally dependent. In terms of procrastination, oh, gosh, I struggle with it so much. It's so bad. It's genuinely an issue. It's, like, what am I doing? Yeah. Um, one thing that's really helped me, because I put off, like, my standardized testing so much, like, I just yeah. can't is I literally write it down everywhere. Like, I'm, like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. Right. And, I have this thing where, like, I don't know what's with it with my brain, where, like, if I write it down, then I have to, like, check it off or yeah. else I'm not going to get it done. Mm-hmm. So I think that's an, that's one method that I have. But I, as I said, like, it's totally dependent on each and every person. But I definitely have those days where I just don't do anything. I, I think it was, like, two days ago where I just, like, laid down in bed. I was like, no, this, this is all we're going to do today. Like, <laughs> like literally on Sunday. Oh, my God didn't do anything on Sunday. I just sat there. Dang, oh my God. That was like my lazy day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I completely agree. And it's like with procrastination, it's like, I obviously don't want to procrastinate. Like it's not something I'm actively doing, but for me, it's like, I give myself like one or two tasks that day. And if I finish both of them, I feel like, yes, I finished these two tasks. I have time to do more. Like, oh my God, I'm at, I'm on the top of the world. Cause I'm like, if you give yourself too many tasks, and you don't finish all of them, you obviously at the end of the day, you're going to be like, oh, why didn't I finish all of them? Maybe I didn't uh, have any, you know, time for da-da-da, da-da-da, I could have done this better. But if I, I just give myself like two tasks, and it's like, if I can get these two things done, then I can probably do more. And that kind of is how I motivate myself personally, not like, you know, anybody else could use that method, but it's not guaranteed it would definitely work for them, you know. So there's that. And um, for you guys personally, what goals have you set for yourself realistically, long-term or short-term? Do you guys have anything in mind in the future? It's like general, but like being more organized and like, like I said earlier in this um, podcast episode that I really want to just hone in on like where my interests are and like figure out how much I can like, you know, contribute to that area and like really excel in that area but like not just for the sake of you know a resume but like actually be invested in what I'm doing be invested in like whatever work I'm putting out there and yeah hopefully along the way like like not perfect but like you know work on my skills like organization and like staying on tasks being more focused procrastinating less which is sort of an ideal but it's something I definitely want to work towards Mm -hmm. and you Jenna I think because I'm a rising senior Mm -hmm. I my plans are starting to behold right in front of me. It's starting to like 
everything that I've been like saying is like just starting. So, mm-hmm. Like me, like ever since freshman year, like I didn't have a plan. I just like I just like did and whatever I did to yeah. like do better. Uh-huh. But now like I actually had to like sit down and figure out like what I want to do. So hopefully like in the future, I major in like communications and then I just go straight from there. And then that is, uh, I don't know. And I think like the future will tell me like what's going on. I will manifest. (laughs) That's what motivates me. It's my manifestation. Mm -hmm. Every day I'm like, guys, come on. Writing in a journal like a hundred times. No, I'm not even kidding. I have it like right here. I have a journal in my room. I... I talked to my friend about this yesterday. You guys are, like, stalking me. Oh, my God. No, TikTok has definitely taught me manifesting is something. And I'm like, okay, let's try this out. Um, Hope for the best, you know. Like, obviously, working hard, you know, da-da-da. But manifesting is something that I, like, truly think is, like, you know what? Like, maybe this could happen. Yeah. You never know. (laughs) I got to believe in something or else I won't be motivated. (laughs) Just give it a shot, you know. Like, it's there. Why not do it? you know yeah so um lastly uh before this podcast episode ends do you have any advice since school is starting again uh for students dealing with stress 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 and pressure (laughs) to uh get good grades or to overwork themselves after the summer um do you have any advice for them how to deal with that or advice for the future what's going to happen um if they're stressing about oh my god how's my future going to turn out anything at all I think for to an extent looking at the bigger picture like mm-hmm. you said once or twice like there's going to be some tests like won't really matter that much in like 10 years like there's this like quote that you've probably seen everywhere but it's like if it won't matter in five years like don't take like I don't know like five hours stressing about it like something along those lines so just like using the mindset like thinking maybe maybe if this is daunting to you don't do it but, like flash forward five years and think is this going to matter to me am I going to regret not doing this am I going to regret not choosing this decision things like that and sort of just like yeah I think that's one thing to like sort of just take yourself from that specific moment if you're in a lot of stress anxiety and like your mind isn't in the right place to make decisions that's definitely like a key thing to focus on or work on Mm -hmm. I think something that we need to like really really realize is that we're still teenagers. Um, we're so pretty young. We have like this whole world upon us with so many things and like our future like is so open-ended that I think it's something extremely daunting like what Nana said but it's also something really really exciting because you're so young and you have you need to learn that like your mistakes are okay and that they're valid and that like making those mistakes will or will help you become a better person and in terms of failure I think like that's something also prevalent because like having failure at such a young age can make you stronger and better than who you are so I think um having that frame of mindset in which like you realize that like oh this is my life ahead of me and I have like no clue what's going to happen but I'm just going to do whatever I can today in order to benefit myself today and not think about the future but also look at like this little big picture and like what I can do I guess you can say like that doesn't make any sense but you're present yeah yeah I think like just don't overwork yourself um because you still as I said like we still are teens like we should be having fun like this is our like years to like kind of shine like yeah I mean 
Um, but having that healthy balance between like, oh, like I want to work myself for like in order for me to have a better future, but like at the same time still have fun because I think that's what we all really need to realize is that like we it's like this is our prime years, like <laughs> Yeah. Okay, so I really enjoyed talking to both of you. It's been really fun uh, these past 30 minutes. And thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. Thank you. Once again, I'd like to thank the Dear Asian Girl podcast for being a part of our podcast podcast launch. I truly enjoyed talking to them. It was a blast and I learned a lot from them. Now, a bit more about Keep Girls Educated in specific. Keep Girls Educated was created in an effort to help girls around the world attain proper schooling and educate those around us about the hardships girls face around the world when it comes to learning on a day-to-day basis. Transportation, war and violence, child labor, child marriage, lack of sanitation, and the coronavirus are just a few of the many things that can prevent a girl from attending classes. You can learn more about these topics on our Instagram page at keepgirlseducated where we have posts that go in-depth about information about why these things keep girls from going into school. We have many podcast speakers on our team that will talk about both serious and lighthearted topics on here. Podcasts will be posted twice a week, starting from next week, on Sundays and Thursdays, with a different speaker each podcast. Some things you could look forward to hearing about soon would be mental health, arranged marriage, underrepresentation in certain career pathways, and politics. KGE has also created a website, keepgirlseducated.org, where we will be posting articles thrice a week to be read if you are more of a visual learner. We also have a mentorship program that will be launching soon, and our mentorship directors and team have been working very hard to get that done. So look forward to the new experiences that girls will receive from our wonderful mentors, and we look forward to getting to know both the mentors and mentees in the future. Before this podcast ends, I wanted to talk about why I started this organization in the first place. I knew I wanted to start start an organization since the beginning of June, which is when my interest in business peaked. Deciding on what my organization would revolve around was the, one of the toughest things for me, because there are so many things that need to be brought attention to in our world, from climate change to mental health. So I was looking through my snap memories one day and saw a photo of a government school I visited in India from last summer because my grandfather volunteers and donates to that school. A government school is basically a school funded by the government and is free for students, but because it does not have the same funding that private schools in India have, it is in a poorer condition. I remember seeing the walls of the school and the classrooms that they had, and I realized that education would be the primary topic that would be talked about in my organization. Students were not bothered by the condition of the school, But from an outsider's perspective, I knew this was not a learning environment that should be seen as normal to everyone. We are so privileged to have numerous public schools with well-built classrooms and bathrooms, and sometimes we forget that we even have that privilege. I hope you enjoyed listening to our first podcast. I wanted to make sure the listeners had a clear idea of what they were getting and what KGE would bring in the future. Anyways, I look forward to the podcast posted in the future, and I can't wait for y'all to listen to them as well.